Well, welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor at Light Reading. Thanks, Jeff. I'm Ivan Sheffrin. I'm the Executive Director for Managed Security Services at Comcast Business. Great. Well, Ivan, it's uh, great to have you join the podcast today. Great to be here. Great. Couldn't think of a better way to spend a Friday afternoon. Right. Exactly. I know. And we've been trying to get together here for a few weeks, so I'm glad we're able to to get this going. So today, um, I guess we're going to talk about the the evolving and growing botnet threat landscape, right? And because uh, I know this is an area you guys have been focused on with some with some studies that we'll get into, but maybe let's just start off and kind of cover what a botnet is for those listening who maybe are not up to speed on cybersecurity issues and definitions. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of hear about botnets and everything, but, you know, maybe we can just kind of set the table on that one. Sure. Well, to start with uh, the term botnet, which is, of course, like many things in cybersecurity, an acronym, comes from a, a conjunction of the words robot and network. Um, and it's uh, essentially botnets are large criminal networks of compromised computers, cloud infrastructure, IoT devices, all across the internet worldwide. And they can number in the thousands, they can number in uh, certain extreme cases in the millions. And uh, they can be used to perpetuate a variety of uh, cyber, uh, criminal cyber activities, um, including DDoS attacks, including ransomware, any type of malware, um, e-commerce, click fraud, and uh, identity theft, phishing. So they really are, are, are multiple vectors, attack right. vectors, as we say in cybersecurity, that can be launched from them. And uh, they start with cyber criminals uh, exploiting known vulnerabilities on unpatched systems. So we all have a Windows or Mac computer at home in general. Uh, some of us geeks also have Linux machines. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to keep them up to date. You know, we're all familiar with the weekly or monthly patches we get from Microsoft that take, you know, forever to download and update. Right. And uh, basic good cybersecurity hygiene requires that we all do that. But, you know, in a large corporate environment or a business, um, it's difficult to manage that process. And there are machines inevitably left unpatched and not kept up to date. And uh, the cyber criminals and sometimes nation states will exploit those to infect those computers. And sometimes they use those attacks to make money, but sometimes they just want to uh, create a botnet. So they'll compromise a computer and they'll take over control of that computer in the background. Um, and in the background, your computer at home or your video camera outside uh, or even your, you know, your your dishwasher or washing or a refrigerator can be leveraged for cybersecurity attacks on third parties um, and not even that, yourself. That's yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Yeah, it's not just uh, your laptop anymore. It's uh, you know, with everything being connected, it feels like everything's can be vulnerable. And you know, since we uh, 
as from a consumer standpoint, you know, my PC, yeah, my personal PC, I do get these updates and, you know, your iPads and, and everything. And you're just like, oh, do I want to go, you know, through the, through this process? And I guess you, you do, but I guess on the business side, whether you're an SMB or an enterprise, uh, not really something you want to ignore. So, you know, I thought maybe we'd have you talk a little bit on how, uh, what Comcast approaches there, or at least Comcast business, in terms of helping customers mitigate or fend off, you know, the botnet attacks. Since sure. uh, they want to be cognizant of that, but not everybody has a lot of resources to kind of throw at it. So, what are you guys doing to kind of pitch in there? Sure. <clears throat> so, as I mentioned, botnets can be uh, leveraged by attackers to perpetuate a variety of different types of, uh, of attacks. I mentioned DDoS, e-commerce click, click fraud, crypt, crypto mining is a very common um, uh, vector as well, as well as ransomware and other types of malware. And so, um, you know, you certainly want to start with patching your systems internally to prevent the easy attacks where a, 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 a criminal can exploit a known vulnerability on your system to get in and take over control. Um, but beyond that, uh, uh, you really need the help of large network providers because botnets can, as I said, number in the hundreds of thousands or even millions of compromised devices, all directed at attacking you and your companies and your businesses, uh, IT infrastructure. Huge scale. Um, yeah, I mean, at scale, think of it as sort of robot factory scale, um, you know, Google, Microsoft, Comcast scale, but in, in a malicious way. Um, and so defending against botnets really requires careful coordination across service providers, the hosting providers, um, and network carriers like Comcast, as well as law enforcement to shut them down because you first have to identify them. They're constantly changing. The owners and control of the networks are constantly changing. So it requires a, a large research team across law enforcement and, and these other partners to really take them down um, and stop them from happening. And it takes many months of effort and work to do so. Uh, so you really, in order to ultimately defend against these large botnets, it really requires businesses of all sizes, small, medium, large enterprise to partner with, you know, large enterprises like Comcast, uh, like Microsoft in doing that. Um, right. So what, what role then does, you know, Comcast kind of play in that coordination? Um, is, is it a lot of direct conversations with your, your customers and kind of connecting them to the right resources? And I imagine it kind of depends on, on the customer you're talking about, right? Because some have more resources to, to apply towards it than others. Sure. I mean, not everybody needs to. Uh, so to defend yourself against botnets as a small or mid-sized business, you don't need to work with um, a Comcast to actually take the botnet out, right? Okay. There are ways to mitigate or protect yourself against the, the impacts um, without having to actually, you know, partner with law enforcement. Um, but the long-term solution is more complex. Uh, 
and it's at the end of the day, it's basic cybersecurity hygiene. Uh, you know, you have to have a modern uh, unified threat uh, uh, UTM or uh, unified threat management firewall or next generation firewall, as they're also called. Um, you need to have uh, advanced endpoint defense on your servers and your workstations and your laptops for all the employees. Uh, and you need, a, you need to have somebody monitoring all the security events that are going on on your behalf. Now, for most organizations today, and this is a big part of the problem, um, you know, mo most people are concerned about selling insurance or serving food or whatever that business uh, may be in. Um, and they don't have the resources to hire, skill, train, and put the processes as well as the technology in place to mitigate against these botnet attacks. So partnering with somebody like Comcast Business um, is really an effective way, or, or other providers, is it a, the most effective way to get the biggest bang for your buck. Okay. Um, well, you talked a little bit about the, the scale, right? Kind of the scale issue that businesses face here. And uh, you, I think you guys put out some recent research about uh, botnet uh, DDoS attacks, right? So maybe walk us through, you know, some of the big takeaways, you know, some of those findings and, and kind of why that's important to this part of the market. Sure. Well, er earlier this year, we issued um, the Comcast uh, annual DDoS threat report uh, for 2021 for the prior year. And there were some interesting trends and uh, uh, that the research uncovered. So modern botnet attacks, um, especially around DDoS, are multi-vector, which means it's not as simple as it once one was to defend it, to create countermeasures and defend against them. They're coming in um, with different uh, attacks at the same time. They're shorter duration than they were the pre uh, previous year, which means that it's harder to detect them in a timely manner. DDoS attacks can take down your entire network in a matter of seconds. So, um, you know, you have very little time to detect and act on that, less time than in prior years, and of greater intensity, um, which means that your on-premises equipment like firewalls um, aren't typically of sufficient size and scale to protect against a large botnet attack. Um, our research showed that uh, those DDoS botnet attacks are on the rise. <clears throat> There's been a 14% increase since 2019 and a 41% increase last year alone in 2021. Um, what do you think that is? I mean, what's what, what's the, the reason for the, the rise? Is just because... Uh, there's vulnerabilities to expose and, and, and uh, or more uh, more vulnerabilities exposed than there were in prior years or or is it just more lucrative you know for the for the bad guys to to do that a couple of things at work here Jeff um, one is it's the Willie Sutton rule why do you rob banks because that's where the money is and <laughs> there is an awful lot of money uh, to be made uh, from uh, you know one of the things we saw last year was a pretty dramatic increase in DDoS ransom attacks just like with ransomware they encrypt your data until you pay and you can't use your data uh, with DDoS attacks they'll take down your servers applications or network uh, unless you pay 
DDoS attacks and botnets are very easy to leverage. They're cheap for the attackers, so the cost of doing it is low. And, uh, um, and there's money to be made. Uh, the other reason is, of course, with the move to work from home and uh, during the, uh, the COVID quarantine meant that there are many more business employees working from unsecured networks and unprotected networks at home, which made the attack, the attack landscape is much easier to exploit these days as mm. a result. And, you know, businesses are addressing that, but it's it's taking time. Right. And I want to talk a little bit about how businesses think about these threats. Right. Because uh, if you're a big enterprise, uh, you know, is it it's probably front burner. But I mean, what's the general attitude? Um, are they being proactive generally or do they need some you know kind of direction and nudging to understand the threat and why it's important to put in measures to uh, mitigate it, you know, because your point uh, is about maintenance and prevention is, is the thing versus, and, and uh, I think you called it uh, like hygiene, right? So, you know, like the, the, you know, your, your teeth, you know, you want to brush and floss and, and so forth and, and not just, you know, deal with it every time you have a root canal and, and just wait for that to happen, you know, before sure. you, you have to make some, uh, decisions or do some things you just, they're a little more painful and expensive. There's an expression in sports uh, that, you know, the best, the best offense is a good defense. And that's also true for cybersecurity. Um, and larger organizations, you know, they have more money and people uh, to throw at this. So they do have a little bit more of an advantage and it's a complex subject. Um, but the interesting thing that I've started to see is that, you know, now in the last year, a couple of years, uh, boards of directors and business owners and, you know, senior stakeholders now see that they can't afford to ignore cybersecurity. It used to be cybersecurity traditionally was thought of as an insurance policy. And that's now actually changing as businesses and investors realize that good cybersecurity practices, people and technology can be a competitive differentiator and actually help drive revenue. Um, but that transformation is still in its very early stages. Um, these things take time. And of course, in cybersecurity, you know, as defenders, we have to be right 100 percent of the time or a business goes down and out. Um, whereas the attackers, you know, they can hit one out of a hundred and still make, still make money. So, um, so they can do better than even baseball players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're batting a yeah. hundred, yeah, that's usually not good, but for them it, it's enough to, uh, uh, to keep them in the game, sure. I guess. Okay. Yeah. And with botnets, you know, again, the cost is so low because they're not paying for that infrastructure. It's your IOT mm -hmm. video security device at home or your laptop at home or, or a server somewhere in the cloud. All right. Well, we're, you know, um, I don't know if the research gets into this kind of granularity, but uh, in terms of what you're, you're seeing, where are the attacks happening, you know, the most, uh, it, it would feel like the, you know, the large enterprises are probably the best protected and, you know, SMBs less so. And I imagine, you know, they'd want to, the bad guys would want to concentrate on, you know, quote unquote, soft, the softer targets, you know, versus the hard yeah. targets. But, uh, you know, I didn't know based on 
the level of vulnerability if that that kind of affects uh, where the focus is in addition to the fact that there's a lot more SMBs than there are enterprises? Well, it, it is absolutely a question of risk reward. So where can an attacker you know invest their time and money to get the greatest payoff? And soft targets are definitely easier, but small business, they're not going to make as much money. Um, so it, it is a pure economic decision in that. And cybersecurity attacks don't discriminate. Um, we talked about vulnerability and hygiene and, and large enterprises having more resources to devote to that. But from my personal experience, most large enterprises, and you may be shocked at this number, have, uh, in terms of the number of unpatched vulnerabilities, numbers in the hundreds, uh, 100,000 or more. Um, wow. Now, that, that seems pretty high. Is that just because yeah. uh, they're just unaware of all the patching they have, that they need to be that they need to be doing. Sorry to interrupt. Um, you can't patch all these systems at the exact same time. You know, you know how long it takes to update your Windows system. And an application server, let's say I'm a business and I run twenty million dollars a day through a, a server cluster, either in the cloud or in my data center. <clears throat> um, patching that system is a complex exercise. If it's legacy software, you may have to you have to test whether the patch will um, that your application will continue running and that people can still do business. And if I'm a business owner and I'm paid based on keeping that server up and running, you've got to have a darn good reason uh, to take it down to uh, patch it, hmm. even with high availability availability systems. So it's not hmm. as simple a process um, as it appears at face value from, you know, updating your home computer. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a kind of a balancing act that needs to happen. And, uh, you know, you still need to stay on top of it, but yeah, to your point, uh, you, you can't do it all at once <laughs> and you have to kind of get through it. Go back to your original question. I, I think mid-sized yeah. companies are probably the most at risk because in terms of that risk reward ratio, you know, they have the greatest amount of revenue and the softest uh, defenses in general. Um, so it's kind of a green field. And that's where our focus is. I spend a lot of my time um, trying to help companies in that mid-sized business category. Okay. And what is, you know, feels like with the variation and the, the intensity of attacks that you were talking about here that, you know, it's a constant kind of cat and mouse game, right? You're never uh, done in, in terms of understanding the threat or the threats that, that are being faced. So, I mean, is that one of the biggest challenges is just either trying to keep up with or try to stay a couple steps ahead of, you know, where, where the bad guys are? Well, cyber, cyber, like many things in life is a journey. It's not a destination. Um, you know, even the largest companies in the world are not fully mature and can always, you can always improve continuously and get better. Um, we're in an arms race now and uh, around, you know, machine learning and automation are um, the leading edge of that arms race. Um, we're still in the early stages of growth, but many of those machine learning algorithms and, and technology is really, it's available open source on the internet. Anybody can download these and modify them. 
And that's what's been responsible for the fast growth because we can share that learning, but the, the bad guys take advantage of it too. And so I think that is the next edge of where the uh, botnets are going. And I think it unfortunately means that botnets are only going to grow in size and scope and complexity and, and the difficulty in defending them. Wow. So if I'm uh, on the end of mitigating this, I guess, uh, in, in some good ways, it's like, hey, I have some good job protection <laughs> because the, the threat is never going to you know, basically go away and it's going to get bigger. But at the same time, uh, you can't be complacent. And uh, yeah, there, it's not a uh, what have you done for me? Uh, you know, it's kind of a what have you done for me lately sort of uh, approach like uh, like a lot of jobs. But um, interesting. Well, uh, be interesting to see how that continues to evolve. And then in our prep for this, you know, in, in some of the notes, you know, there was, there was mention of botnets becoming, and you may have kind of gotten into this earlier, but a fungible asset for, mm -hmm. uh, I keep calling them just the bad guys, but <laughs> can you expand a little bit on, you know, what that means and, and why that's a big issue? So, yeah, sure. It's, uh, it, it's kind of a pet research product project of mine. Um, where I've, I've seen evidence over the last year or so of studying this, that, um, you know, botnets, as I said earlier, can be positioned for different types of attacks, right? Mm. And cyber criminal organizations, they don't all perpetuate all types of attacks. Some specialize in ransomware, some do DDoS, some do e-commerce click fraud, some do credential theft, and so forth. Um, so remember, these botnets are collections of tens, hundreds, or even a million or more uh, compromised systems. And what we've seen is that they're getting traded um, on black markets on the dark web. So I've got 50,000 computers. And if uh, the price of uh, cryptocurrency is going up, which it's not right now, but if, it, if it's going up and I can make more money by leveraging or selling those 50,000 to a, uh, um, another organized crime group, you know, as an attacker, they'll do that and uh, repurpose those systems to do crypto mining. Um, similar for ransomware, um, which can be quite lucrative or DDoS attacks, which are, you know, not as lucrative as ransomware, but they're also much easier to launch. So it, it's a factor of where they can make the most money. And they trade these assets, um, organized crime groups, trade botnet assets among themselves. Um, and that's the uh, that was a bit of an eye opener for me, um, because that's a fairly new trend in the last uh, few years that we're seeing. Right. And one, one of those uh, areas, you know, the ransomware is always kind of interesting to me because, I, uh, I mean, once you're kind of caught in the snare on that one, I mean, to, to get out of it, uh, the most, does everybody, once you're at that point, does everybody, most people, the most companies, most people have to pay up for it to go away? I mean, I don't even know what, what ways you can kind of uh, get out of that situation. Well, there, there are some very basic steps you can take, um, and just a lot of people don't bother to do them, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, we never recommend that uh, you know our customers pay ransom. 
um, for obvious reasons. Um, but there are some basic steps you can do that sometimes Comcast can assist with some of these. And for example, having a good backup and recovery, data backup and recovery plan, right? Pretty common sense. Um, I, I, whether you're a large enterprise or a small business, um, a friend of mine runs a small insurance broker um, and he was hit with a ransomware attack. Um, didn't have all the protections in place, but because he had a very current set of data backup, he was literally up and running the next day and he never paid the ransom and because he knew he had the backup. Um, now for complex uh, IT environments, it's a little more, it's a little harder. Um, you have to do disaster recovery planning in advance. You have to test those disaster recovery plans at least once a year both for physical assets, for software, and for your data. You have to be sure all the people in your IT organization know how to implement those. Um, so, you know, it's, but if you take those measures and you have what's called immutable storage, because sometimes the attackers get in and they, they will try and compromise your backups as well as your, uh, mm. um, as well as your production data. Um, then you can mitigate the the impact of a DDoS attack. I'm sorry, a ransomware attack. Okay, so it sounds like you have to have uh, multiple layers and, and levels of shielding, yeah, against this and kind of the whole uh, axiom of you know be prepared, be prepared for the worst. <laughs> it seems that's right. Uh, we call it in cybersecurity defense in depth. You know, no one layer is, there's no magic bullet. You can't protect yourself by just doing one thing. You have to have multiple layers of protection. And that part of that's technology, but a lot, large part of it is people and process as well. Okay. Well, great. Well, I think that's where we're going to leave it here for today. But um, Ivan, thanks again for joining us on the podcast and providing some uh, valuable insight into the shifting sands of the you know, the botnet threat landscape. It was uh, good to catch up with you. It was a pleasure, Jeff, and thank you for having me. Have sure a great thing. day, everyone. You too. All right, thank you.